Well, we've been talking in the last couple of weeks about the characteristics of a man or woman who has placed their life into the hands of the Lord as a living sacrifice. Chapter 12 of, of Romans talks about how the most reasonable, the most logical, the most sensible thing that any human being could ever do is to take their life and to place it into the hands of their maker as a living sacrifice, an ongoing gift to their creator. And then it goes on to describe for us what that man or woman looks like in terms of very practical things. And um, this week we're going to be talking about how um, a man or woman who, who confesses to be a, a, person in, in who, a person whose life is in the hands of God as a living sacrifice needs to behave in relation to their brothers and sisters, other living sacrifices, okay? Receive one who is weak in, in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat, and let him who does not eat, excuse me, and let not him who does not eat judge him who eats, for God has received him. These passages really are kind of comical, you know, because I can imagine slaving over something um, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and, and wanting every word to be precisely what God is giving me and then have somebody try to translate it into another language. It, it probably must lose something along the line. Not something, not, we're not losing the truth, we're not losing the, the uh, teaching, but we're maybe losing some of the beauty there. I wish that I was a better uh, student of the Greek language, that I could, um, I could pick up my Greek New Testament and, and read in the language that this passage was written. But, unfortunately, I can't do that, and so I'm stuck with the he, he who eats and let not and so forth, and it gets mind-bending after a while. But here's the problem. And it's not so different than what we encounter today. There were weak and there were strong brothers in the faith. And notice that there's a distinction here. Now, Paul makes the distinction that this is not just a matter of the guys who eat meat and the guys who eat vegetables. This is a matter of the guys who are mature and immature. And he says the guys who are mature are the ones eating the meat. He makes that distinction. And the ones who are weak are the ones who are, who are um, abstaining from meat and only eating vegetables. Now, he says to the mature, he says, he says, receive the weaker brother. And don't get involved in, in disputes about things that don't really matter. Now, in the Church of Jesus Christ, this, uh, as, as, we, as is um, evident in the context of our culture, has this same problem but the meat and the vegetables is not the main issue. There are other things, one of which is drinking of alcoholic beverages, uh, smoking. These are things that uh, cause disputes among brothers 
in the church in America. You know, should we do this or should we not do that? Can a Christian do this and still be saved? And Paul says, receive each other and don't get involved in disputes about things that don't matter. Verse 4, who are you to judge another man's servant or another's servant? To his own master, he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand. For God is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord, and he who does not observe the day to the Lord he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives thanks. And he who does not eat to the Lord, he does not eat and, give God, and gives God thanks. For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and rose and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the, the dead and the living. Now let's talk about this for a minute. I know a guy, or I knew a guy I should say, who believed because of his faith in Christ that he should not watch television. So he got rid of his television. Just chucked it. I, I know another older, more mature brother in the Lord who thought the guy was crazy for doing that. He understood the reasons why the guy did it. You know, there wasn't a problem with that. He understood that for conscience sake, the guy had to get rid of his television, or he thought he did. In order to obey the Lord, he thought he had to get rid of the television. And the more mature brother understood that, and yet persisted to always pin this guy, or to stick this guy with the fact that if you were more mature, you could handle the television and just turn it off when it gets bad. But since you're not mature, you have to get rid of it. He gets kept kneeling him with that all the time. And that was dead wrong. It was wrong. Paul says, accept the weaker brother and don't dispute over things that don't really matter. Now he says, some of you say that it's okay for us to eat meat and some of us say, oh no, no, no. We have to be vegetarians. Some of you say we should worship on this day. Some of you say we should worship on that day. Some of you say we should worship every day. But it, those things do not matter. It is not our place to judge another man's servant. Before his own master, he stands or falls. And then this incredible promise. He will indeed be made to stand. Now listen, if you have somebody who just rubs you the wrong way because of their stand on some issue like this, you do not have the right to judge him for things that have no, no bearing on eternity. We're going to read a little bit more about that in a minute, so I don't want to get ahead of myself. But you don't have the right to judge another man's servant. Now, if the guy is off the wall in terms of his, his theology, if he is destroying the work of God in the church, 
you know, these kinds of issues that have to do with eternity, then it's not even judgment, it's a discerning. And you take appropriate action. But on peripheral things, things that have nothing to do with eternity, and a person's relationship to Christ, that we need to leave alone and just de determine between ourselves as brothers, not only us here in this congregation, between, but between us and the, those brothers over there who practice the things we think they shouldn't, we need to decide between ourselves that those are things we will not bring up. Because they don't, they don't matter. I'm not going to judge them. Now, I, I don't want to turn this into a discussion about uh, what, what my personal feelings or beliefs are about some of these peripheral issues. So I'm, I'm trying to avoid that. But I will say, notice here that, that Paul, in, in speaking to the Romans, indicates that the guys with, the mo with more freedom are the mature ones. The guys who's, who understand that they, were, that they are free to eat the meat, he indicates, are the mature ones. The ones who have, who feel that you know they have to, you know, live this real tightly ordered life and structure, are the ones who are still trying to please God by how they live. They're still trying to purchase or to pay for salvation by things they do. I'm still trying to to look good in God's eyes. And we've already covered through this book of Romans the fact that that's impossible. That's a dead, a vain pursuit. We can never please God in the flesh. Our flesh is damned. But in spite of that, Jesus Christ has made it possible for us to be called the sons of God. And so now that we are believers in Jesus, now that we are saved by His grace, um, even though that does not liberate us to continue in sin. Remember Paul said that? He was answering their question. Does that mean now that we should just go ahead and sin because it causes grace to abound? And he said, for God forbid, that's foolishness. So it's not, the grace is not a license for sin, and yet grace does relieve us from the, from the burden of trying to please God or to earn our right standing with God by what we do. Paul says that he, in another place, that all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. And I believe that these peripheral issue, issues are matters of personal conscience. conscience. They're matters that you have to be able to stand before God and know that you're doing the right thing. It's not my place to tell you that. Now, where the Word of God is clear, I have some ground to stand on. But there's a lot of these kinds of things, like television, where the Word of God is unclear. Now, if the guy is sitting around home watching the Playboy channel all night, then I've got some things that I can turn to and say, wait a minute. But you understand what I'm saying. These are peripheral issues. There's not, not black and white text here that I can turn to and show them. And wherever the Scripture is silent, our conscience is, is what we need to obey. That's always true. Wherever the Word of God is silent, 
Our conscience is what we need to obey. And we have to be able to be right before God in our conscience. I had my... I'll, well, I almost told you the guy's name. I won't tell you. But I had someone call me just before the service started. And he said, Randy, here's the story. I, had this, I bought this candy bar and it had maggots in it today. And I um, got really mad. This is kind of his nature. And I went and I talked to this lawyer and he told me I have a case against these guys and I went and chewed them all out and everything. Is it right for me to pursue this in a court of law? He was asking me. Well, I said, well, listen, there's not a black and white answer to that from the scripture. But I'll tell you what, first of all, you've got to analyze your motive. You've got to stand before God and feel that what you're doing is conscionable. That what you're doing you can do before God in full view. That's what you have to look at. And there's people, all kinds of people on these peripheral issues that want for somebody they think has some authority to tell them, you know, what's right or what's wrong. But the fact is that God wants for us to understand that we have a relationship with Him, not a set of laws. It's okay for there to be a difference in opinion on these things because God deals with each one of us as individuals don't judge another man's servant he says some guys observe the seventh day the Sabbath some guys observe the first day of the week some guys observe every day the same those are things that really don't matter and we're not to be involved in disputes about them we're to accept one another as brothers he says because if the guy who doesn't eat meat, I mean, he says the guy who eats meat is giving God thanks for the meat, and the guy who refuses to eat meat is giving thanks for his vegetables. So it's the same God that's receiving thanks. He says, Christ uh, died, rose again, and lives now for this purpose, that he could be the God of the dead and the living. And what he's saying there is that Jesus Christ died and rose again, that he could be our Lord and our Savior and that's all that matters. The, the, the issues about the television, about the day of the week, about the alcoholic beverages, those are things that are immaterial to the fact that Jesus Christ died to, and rose again to be the God of the dead and the living. But why do you judge your brother? Verse 10. Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we, sh we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For in the judgment seat of Christ, by the way, is not a place where judgment is going to be doled out. It's a place where, where blessing, where, um, where uh, crowns, where rewards are going to be given. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. When we all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, you're not going to be called upon as a witness against your brother. You're going to be standing before God yourself. And Jesus Christ is going to be re rewarding you on the basis of your faith and your faithfulness. And the stack of rewards that you get is going to be determined on your standing, your faithfulness, not your brother's. So he says, what are you, what are you bothering with these things? Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. Now, he's going to carry that theme on a little farther. 
I know and I am and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Now take that in for a minute. My friend who felt that he had to throw that television away, if he would have listened to the other brother who kept needling him about how that was silly and went and brought the television back in the house, for him to do that would have been sin because he could not do that in full conscience before God. And so we are not to put a stumbling block in our brother's way. The, in, the, in this case, the older, more mature brother was putting a stumbling block in the way of this younger brother. If you run across some guy who thinks that he's got to shave his head to please God, and you think that that's silly, please don't put a stumbling block in his way. If that's what he feels that he needs to do to please God, let it be between him and God. Don't put a stumbling block in his way. There are other issues that are being spoken to there in, in, those, in those verses, and you understand what's being said. Yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Now, now he's making a turn here. And he's talking to the one with the liberty, the one with the freedom, the guy who eats meat. And he says, now the same pr principle of not causing your brother to stumble applies to you. And if in your liberty you are causing your brother to stumble, be understanding this, that you're allowing something as simple as whether you watch television, whether you drink wine, to cause a brother to stumble in his walk with Jesus Christ. And you're putting in jeopardy his, his, his eternal condition for the sake of some liberty or freedom that you enjoy. And he says that should not be. Do not destroy with your food or your freedom the one for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not made up of these things. It is not food and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are pure. All things indeed are pure. But it is evil for the man who eats with offense. In other words, again, he's saying the same thing, that even though everything may be lawful to me, for the guy who just can't, con with con his right conscience before God, enter into it, for him to do it is sin. And so, do not destroy the work of God for the sake of these things. 21. It is not good neither to eat, or it is good, neither to eat meat, nor drink wine, nor do anything by which your brother stumbles, or is offended, or is made weak. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because he does not eat from faith, and whatever is not from faith is sin. 
these peripheral issues, these silly things that get the church all bound up. You know, and by and large, when you start to talk to somebody about Jesus Christ and about being saved, about being a part of the church, the things that come up in their minds, and you can bear me out on this, the things that come up in their minds, first of all, is the, the do's and don'ts regarding these peripheral issues. You're standing there pouring your heart out to them about how Jesus Christ has changed your life and what they want to know is, are they going to be able to continue to do these things? I was reading, uh, I don't know if you know who Chuck Smith is, but he's the pastor of um, uh, Calvary Chapel in Costa Mesa. I was reading an article where he had a man who called him and said, you know, I've been reading my Bible now and I've been, I've been wanting to come to church and I've been wanting to be saved, but, you know, I just, when I come home from work, I, I, just, I just really enjoy sitting down and having a glass of beer. And because of that, the guy thought he was ineligible for salvation. And that's what the Church of Jesus Christ has done to people. We've made these peripheral issues so important that that's all people think about when they think about a relationship to Jesus Christ is now I can't do this, now I can't do that. And we've so clouded the issue that people don't really see what's the point. And we're putting men's souls in jeopardy for the sake of our freedoms or our lack thereof. And that's silly. It's foolish. So Paul is saying that in regards to one another, people who have given their lives to Jesus Christ, a living sacrifice, are ones who understand that they are free. That they are free to enjoy, to take part in everything that is within the limits of Scripture. But for the sake of not causing a brother to stumble, there are times... I will refrain. And honor their stand of conscience before God. And respect it. That for them to do what I feel free to do would be sin. And not try to, to coax them into doing something that they cannot partake of. And if we'll do that, if we'll be those kinds of people who respect and honor this whole issue and not allow it to be something that clouds what's really important, we will be people, true people of God. I pray that there will not be anybody who I encounter in this life that is unable to hear me when I explain to them of the, of the joy and the blessing of knowing Jesus Christ because of these kinds of issues. To me, that would be the greatest tragedy in all the world. I want also for there to never be a day when I cause another brother to stumble in his walk with Jesus Christ because of something that I am involved in, an activity or, or something that I feel free to do before the Lord, but he does not. I'm, I want to be conscious of that, that I don't tread over people. I want to be somebody who respects what God is doing in, in, another, in another's life. And I'll tell you, for me, that has meant that I am, in a, in a, in, am unable to take part in certain things because of my position. I'm a very um, visible, I have a very visible role. So there are certain things that are just off limits to me, period. 
But that's okay, because even though I know I am free to partake of those things, I have chosen not to cause a brother to stumble. And that should be our attitude. It's kind of funny, though, you know. Some t when <laughs> one of the things I really like to do, and feel, I do feel free to do this, but I, I, I wonder sometimes, because I like to go to the movies. I am a, I'm a movie addict. And when I went to Bible college, they made me, on the application, I had to tell them if I'd ever gone to a show. You know, it was that kind of a thing. They wanted to know. But I still, when I get in line at the show, I still kind of look around and make sure. <laughs> I really but sometimes, help. Yes. PG-13. <laughs> But it was a kind of a funny story that, uh, I'll tell you, it works the other way sometimes, too. Um, this has nothing to do with what we just talked about. It's just kind of funny. But, uh, you know, you all know Dave and Johnny Mulkey, who's a part, who are a very important part of our congregation. Part of the reason they are is because they saw us attending a movie. And uh, it was uh, Return of the Jedi, I think it was. And they were in the same line, and they thought, I can identify with that guy. <laughs> so anyway, I guess it works both ways. But let's be conscious of the fact that we don't want to tear down a brother standing before God or his walk with God because of, of uh, certain freedoms that we feel that we have in Christ.